0: and supplied our needs. And no matter what you and I go through, I've always said this, He is still God. He is still the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And I want to promise you this today, He is a God that does not fail. Your family, your friends, your coworkers may fail you, may disappoint you, may do things that really shocks you but god will never do that to you he will stay closer to you than a brother than a sister he will be there with you throughout your life so never feel like that you are alone in this world because you're not alone god is with you emmanuel god is with us and he will be with you as well let us read as we read every sunday morning we read Galatians 2 and 20. Let's read this from our hearts today while it's on the screen. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Amen. You may be seated today across the the building it is good that we can come back together again in the house of the Lord and it seems like time is going so fast that it just seems like we were just here yesterday but we are back a week later back in the house of the Lord and it is good that we can come together as a body of believers and that we can have this freedom to come and to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth and so Today, I wanted to go through some things uh, with my sermon today uh, on uh, the power of prayer. And we have been going through a 21-day fast. And we started on the 8th of January. And we'll be ending out that 21-day fast on the 28th. And so I want you to know if you uh, are still doing this, continue it. Uh, separate something. Stop uh, doing what you're doing. Whatever it might be that you enjoy doing uh, and put it aside. Uh, whether it's food, whether it's activities, whether it's something you enjoy and uh, sacrifice for the next 21 days and put that aside. And my prayer is that uh, you will do that in honoring God and in honoring your walk uh, with the Lord for this new coming year. We're in a brand new year of 2024, and I'm looking for great and mighty things to take place in this new year. Thank God we were able to roll over uh, 2023, and now you are living in 2024. And so uh, we thank the Lord that we are together and that we have made it through and that we're going to continue on with God's help it'll be with God's help that will help us through all that we're doing and I have been talking about prayer and fasting I talked about uh, fasting a while back and I want to look at prayer for the next few weeks because prayer is very it, it, it's its very important uh, prayer needs to be connected to our life and if you haven't prayed and you've asked everybody else to pray for you I want to i want to share with you today on learning how to pray you may well say pastor I, i know how to pray well you may know but i want to share with you today in scripture and i want to share with you a plan on how that you can pray personally how you can pray for your uh your family how you can pray for your community how you can pray for the world which you live in. All of this is very important. And we've got to have the power of prayer in our life. It is essential. You cannot go without the power of prayer. Prayer changes things. And I want you to know when you are persistent and when you are consistent in your prayer, I promise you, you will see things change in your life. Now, let me share with you today, prayer is not about what you can get out of it. Uh, You don't pray to God, say, God, I want a new car. I want a new house. (laughs) I I want a new this. I want a new this. It is not about us asking about what all we want, but it's about praying in what God wants us to have. And what He sees in us meeting, meeting our needs, not so much our wants. Now I'm not saying that God does not want uh, to give you the desires of your heart. He does. But we want to pray to the Heavenly Father that we find out that it would be His will and not our will that we are to say, Lord, You see best. You're Abba Father, You're Daddy. You see exactly what I'm going through. You know what's best. And so that's how we want to look at this today. And we want to learn how to pray. So I've got uh, an acrostic poem here today. And you can take notes if you'd like uh, as well as I will put these points up. I want to look at the word ACTS which is Acts, and that is an acrostic poem with the four concepts that are needed for prayer. Now you may have never heard this from a a pastor, you may have never heard it, you're going to hear it from me today because I want to share with you about the power of prayer and I want to show you the ways that you can pray. You see, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Will you teach us how to pray? Because the disciples did not know how to pray. And Jesus began to teach His disciples on how to pray. Now, I'm not Jesus But I'm your pastor, so I'm going to share with you on learning how to pray. I promise you, these will be vital to you. These are tools that you can use every day in your walk. And if you don't know which way to go about prayer, how to begin, what to do, I'm going to share with you today as we look here in to God's work. Because each letter that I share with you today will represent an important part in praying. Let's look at the definition on prayer. According to the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible, a classic definition of Christian prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for the things that are agreeable to His will and in the name of Christ with confession. Of our sins, we've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. So our confessions of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. His mercies. So everything is relating back to to the heavenly father we're giving back to the heavenly father because the heavenly father knows best in our life also let me share with you today according to lexham's theological workbook prayer is intentional communication with God and can be spoken or written. Your prayer can be spoken or you can write your prayer out. Some ladies, some men like to write their prayer out. They like to write what's on their mind, what's on their heart, what they can share with God because that's a time where you communicate with God on a daily basis. You say, well, pastor, I work 40 hours a week. I work on a job. Where am I going to have time to pray? You can meditate in your mind. You can pray in your mind. You can pray in your car. I know when, when I'm traveling, when I'm getting up in the morning, you know I'm praying to the Heavenly Father. And I'm talking to him and I'm going to share with you on some things what I do every day that will also help you as well. The Apostle Paul writes this in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. He says, pray without ceasing, pray without ceasing meaning that we must have a prayerful mind. We must be in our hearts. We must guard our hearts, but we must be in prayer at all times. You may not be able to pray out loud, but you can pray in your mind. You can pray in your heart. There's a lot of things that we can do, meaning that we're praying without ceasing. In other words, we don't stop. We we have a mindful. And this is a part that I want to share with you today. It's something that you have to practice. You just don't naturally start praying. You just don't do what the pastor said. Well, the pastor said pray, and I'm just going to naturally do it. No, you have to make a decision. You have to make a choice that you're going to incorporate prayer in your life, that you're going to have a prayerful heart, that you're going to pray and through prayer God is going To change things in your life you may well say well pastor I've prayed all week long I've prayed uh, uh, for a long time and God hadn't done nothing I hadn't seen nothing but listen it's not for us to see what's going on if God's not seeing that God's not moving God is moving there's sometimes you may not see that he's moving but God is moving in your behalf if he showed you everything that was going on or what he was doing Doing for you, then a lot of times you wouldn't continue to pray because you would just assume God would just answer everything that you're praying. But God's in the making. God works in mighty ways. The Bible says that God works in mysterious ways. How unsearchable are His ways? The Bible says He is far past finding. You can't begin to understand. You can't even begin to grasp. What God has for you, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered in the heart of man what God has in store for you. So there's great and mighty things that God wants to do for you, but you've got to connect with the Heavenly Father. And you say, well, Pastor, how do you connect with the Heavenly Father? You connect with Him through the power of prayer. Prayer is essential. That is what you do to communicate with God. Jesus Himself communicated with His Father through prayer he prayed he set himself aside even from the disciples and he got a quiet place and he began to pray and ask the heavenly father what he wanted him to do as his son he found quiet time there's times that we must have quiet time that we may meditate on god and that we are to Pray as well. Let's look at this. The first one I want you to see is the word adoration. Adoration. What does adoration mean? It means praising God for who He is when we go before the lord in prayer we don't just all of a sudden start asking god well god i need this i need that i need you to do this i need no when we approach the throne room of god and when we approach god we want to thank him and adore him for who he is not what he does for you and i we are to approach him and say thank you god For you are a wonderful God. You are a glorious God. You are a majestic God. You are a mighty God. You're a God that reigns and rules. And that you're a God that sees me as I am. But God, I want to thank you and just adore you for what you have already done done. We praise God for who He is. According to Oxford Dictionary, adoration is a deep love and a respect for worship. Adoration is often defined as praising God for who God is in adoration the triune god which is the father the son and the holy spirit is the object of our worship and exaltation we praise the very nature of god reminding ourselves that the father is the most holy one and the almighty creator of this universe You may say today, well, pastor, that's insignificant. I want you to know it's very significant because we need to know who our Creator is. You need to know who your God is. You need to know who you're worshiping. You need to know that He is the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the one that we are to look to as He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Therefore, we are to adore Him and to acknowledge Him no matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter where we go, no matter what we think, we are to adore the Almighty, which is God Almighty. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. Psalms 48 and 1 says this, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in His holy mountain. Great is the Lord. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. Yes, He's concerned, but it still doesn't change who He is. He is great. Great is the Lord. Greatly to be praised. Listen, I want you to know today it doesn't matter if you've got cancer. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with issues in life. It doesn't matter if you've got an ailment. It never changes your relationship with God Almighty. Your relationship is to stay intact and adore Him no matter what you're going through or what you're facing. It is never for us to shake our fist at God and say, God, why are you allowing this? Why did you do this? Why did you do this? We must embrace the cross. We must embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, whatever it may be as Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will be done, Lord, and that I will trust in you because you are almighty and greatly to be praised also in genesis 4 and 26 and as for seth to him also a son was born and his name they named him enosh then men begin to call on the name of the lord this is the passage of scripture where this is the first time in the bible that men begin to call upon the lord that prayer became essential to the point where they had to communicate with God as men begin to pray. Not only is there adoration, but there is confession. Through your prayer, and through your prayer life, as you're praying even through this 21 days of of fasting, and I pray that this will continue on, that you incorporate this in your walk with God, through prayer and through fasting we must look at confession we're never to ignore our sins let me say it again we are never to ignore our sins where that we override our conscience that we have and the ability that God has given us we are to confess our wrongdoings we are to confess Because when we pray to the Heavenly Father... We're to let Him know what we've been going through and what you and I have been facing every day. And therefore, there must be confession. You say, well, Pastor, He already knows. Yes, but He wants to hear you verbally admit it and say it and begin to let Him know that you're confessing your wrong and you're bringing it out before the Heavenly Father and you're sharing with Him what's going on in your life. So there must be confession in our prayer life every day, confessing our sins to God. According to the Britannic Encyclopedia, confession is the acknowledgement of sinfulness in public or private regarding as necessary to obtain divine forgiveness is to acknowledge our wrong. If we never acknowledged our wrong, we would always override our conscience. Our conscience tells us not to steal. Our conscience tells us not to to do the wrong thing, but if we override it, then we will wind up saying that it's okay, it's alright. I'll give you an example. It's almost like, a husband and wife taking a child in a convenience store. And the husband and the wife is in there buying some stuff, whether it's bread or or, or food, drinks or whatever. And the kid sees the loose candy in the, in the candy box on the candy aisle. And the kid just grabs a couple of those candies and puts them in his pocket and then walks out the door as his mom and dad has paid for the the stuff that they've gotten from the convenience store and all of a sudden they're riding down the road and the kid pulls out a wrapper with gum and the mother looks in the mirror and says, where did you get that at? And the kid says, I got it back there at the convenience store. She said, you know you shouldn't have done that. But, but, but it was there, I just, I just grabbed it. And then the mom and the dad just laughs about it because they think it's cute that their kid took a piece of candy from the convenience store, but there's no consequences, there's no letting him know or letting her know that it's wrong... And eventually, as time goes on, that kid's going to continue to do that because he's not been instructed that it was wrong. His mom and dad's encouraged it with a laugh and allows the kid to go ahead and continue on to where he continues to steal and then it continues to grow as a young teenager, as an adult, and he continues to steal until the law gets involved and then he goes to jail. You see, that's the way it is with sin. If we continue to override our conscience and we don't confess to God and let God know that what we're doing is wrong and confess, it will continue to fester up and it will continue to be a snowball effect to where we'll go on and on and on and we'll say what is right, what we think is right, okay, is wrong, or what is wrong is right, And then we will begin to confess and convince ourselves that we're okay when we're not. Because what we were doing is wrong and therefore we must confess. 1 John 1 and 1 and 9 says this. One of my favorite scriptures that I love. If we confess our sins, that's in God's Word. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, it is so important in our prayer life that we confess to the Heavenly Father any fault, any thought, anything that has come into our minds that will trip us up as Satan tries to trip up things in our life to justify that what we're doing is right when it is completely wrong. We must confess, and Jesus says He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Also, Proverbs 28 and 13, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Let me say it again. Proverbs 28 and 13, He who covers his sins will not prosper prosper but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy i want you to know today that god will bring mercy into your life but you must confess you must confess listen god has a plan and a purpose in your life robert morris once said this he said The purpose in your life is not just something that's just randomly selected. The purpose in your life has been prayed down from heaven. In other words, God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. It is not just by chance. It's not by just a choice. But God has a plan in your life and He wants you to know that God sees you because Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is forever interceding for you. Did you know that? The Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God is praying in your behalf, inter- interceding for you. What is He doing? He is going before the Heavenly Father, before you, and He's praying over you that you will make the right choice and that you would be in prayer to Him to communicate with Him so that He can show you great and mighty things in your life. I want to look at the next word is thanksgiving. When we're in prayer, we need to thank God for what He's already done. We need to thank Him for what He's already done. Because He's done great things in our life. He's given you health and strength. He's given you a job. Those that go on a job, you'll hit a job tomorrow morning. That job was given by God to you. It wasn't just because of your wisdom and great intellect and all the great things because or all the skill that you have. You may have all that, but God ultimately had made the decision to give you that job to allow that to come about in your life so that you can have the health and the strength to provide for your family and take care of your family and to make the things that you need to make so that He can bring provision for you, now we must be thankful in all things. No matter what you and I are going through, we're still to thank Him. We're to thank Him for our family, our friends. Thank Him for health. Thank Him for uh, for strength. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about all the millions of dollars that's in the world. And they said, but you know you can have all the millions of dollars in the world, but if you don't have good health, what good is that? Think about it. What good is it? If you had all the money in the world and your health was declining and it was going down, what good would that do to you? Health is worth more than any money in this world. That's why if we got health, we need to thank God. We need to thank God that we've got health, that we've got air going through our lungs, that our heart is beating. Here is something I I thought of the other day. I'm now 57 years old, just turned 57. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself, my heart has been beating for 57 years and it has never stopped. Now think about it. Whatever your age is today, that's how long your heart has been beating. It's been beating and has never stopped. Can you imagine? People that are... 80, people that are 70, people that are 90, their hearts, if they're alive, is still beating. They've never stopped. Because when your heart stops, that's when you stop. And that's when it's over. I want you to know today we must be with a grateful heart, a thankful heart, and we are to thank Him. The Hebrew word thanksgiving means confession, praise an offering when we give thanks in the in the trust of sense of the biblical word we offer God our praises and acknowledge to him that he is the giver of all good gifts he is the father of lights that comes down from heaven he is the one that gives there's no variance he gives unto us unconditionally 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 you can't get merits and you can't get favors from God because God gives unto you unconditionally. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. He still gives unto you because He's a loving Father. He loves you and He continues to give to you so we are the to Him that He is the giver of all good gifts. The Apostle Paul writes this in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Psalms 104. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to what? All generations. Blessing and entering his gates. Entering his gates. Enter his courts with praise, being thankful. Again, first Chronicles 16 and 34. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Look at that. His mercy endures forever. Forever. His mercy. Folks, we've got to have His mercy. He is a merciful God. He is a God that truly loves us. And that He longs for us to communicate with Him. He longs for us to pray to Him. He longs to hear from us. Why? Because He wants us to have a personal relationship with Him. Last but not least in this, in this acrostics poem, let's look at supplication. Supplication means request to God's help for yourself and for others when you have gone through adoration when you have gone through confession when you have gone through thanksgiving these are the these will be the areas that you would like to, that that my prayer is that you would take every day in your life as you open up with God in adoration, as you open up with God in confession, as you open up with Him in thanksgiving, as you open up with supplication, means a request, now you're asking God after you've adored Him and you've confessed to Him and you've given thanksgiving, now you can bring your request before God. Don't bring your request before God until you've adored Him, until you've confessed to Him, until you've given thanksgiving before you can begin to ask from Him because the request of God would be to help others, to help yourself and to help others. In the book of Psalms, you can find the supplication for mercy in Psalms 4 and 1. Hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have revealed unto me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. The supplication for leading in Psalms 58 or Psalms 5 and 8. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. Supplication is for deliverance. In Psalm 6 and 4, Return, O Lord, deliver me, O save me for Your mercy's sake. Supplication also means for salvation from persecution. In Psalm 7 and 1, O Lord my God, in You I put my trust. Save me from all those who persecute me and deliver me. And the Bible clearly lets us know in Philippians 4 and 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. You may say today, Pastor... Why do you have to go through these steps? Why why are these steps so important? Let me share with you today why this is so important. These steps are so important that we must align ourselves up with God on a daily basis. I didn't say that you were going to be Jesus. I didn't say that you were going to be God. But you are a servant. You are a disciple. When you ask Jesus Christ into your heart and life, He says, for those that want to come after me and follow me, they must deny themselves and take up their cross. You're not taking up Jesus' cross. He's already bared the cross. It is now for you and I to take up our cross and follow Him. And it's so important that we go in an area where we're worshiping Him, we're confessing to Him, we're thanking Him before we begin to ask anything of Him because we're wanting to get our heart where it needs to be with God on a daily basis. It's easy for us to say, well, let somebody else pray for me. Let the pastor pray for me. Uh, Let me call on a friend that can pray for me. But folks, it's not for us, to, for us to call on everybody else to pray for us. Did you know God has instructed us that we can pray individually every day because He wants that personal relationship. How can you have a personal relationship if it's just coming through the pastor or if it's coming through a friend? God wants to be one on one with you every day. Every day. I've heard a lot of people say sometimes, well, God told me to tell you this. Well, God said to tell you this, or God told me to tell you this, and God told me to. Listen, God can tell you just as well as God can tell me. Hello? God can tell you just as well as God can tell me. Why? Because when you have that relationship with God and you do these day in and day out, step by step, I promise you, you will align yourself up with God. And when you do, then you will begin to see how God begins to move in your life. I want you to know I have done these things and I do these things in my life every day because that is something that God wants to have with me as a personal relationship with me. Just as I'm married to my wife, I have a personal relationship with her. But if I told her all the time, I love you, honey, I love you, honey, and she listens... That's one thing, but then it's another thing when I show her that I love her, that I show her through my actions that I love her. That's the same way it is with the Lord Jesus Christ. You show your actions. You show what you do on a daily basis that begins to find the attention of God and God in your life. Because he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. Stand with me across the building today. Listen.